2: Sports Radio 94 WIP. I'm Tom Kelly in for Big Daddy Graham. If you want to get in, 215-592-9494. We were mentioning John Marks and Ike Reese earlier on in the show. And speaking of John Marks, I got to give a little bit of a shout-out to to John and I's old uh, high school, Upper Moreland Golden Bears. They won their first ever state playoff game uh, on Friday night. Demolishing uh, their opponent, who I I don't see who their opponent was right now, but they won thirty-five to nothing. So they will be playing Oil City High School. I don't even know where that is. Um, in a quarter fi- a state quarterfinal game on Saturday, very exciting, Mike. Um, our our old high school at Upper Moreland, um, which by the way, a, a, a fun fact on that, where the uh, I guess. Elected first lady went to high school. Uh, the the president elect first lady, Mrs. Biden. So,
1: first lady elect,
2: first lady elect. I don't know the proper terminology there. Um, but a heck of a week for Upper Moreland, uh, Golden Bears athletics. Meanwhile, I'm you know filling in for Big Daddy on the overnight. So, you know, g- good stuff from the Golden Bears. Uh, when I was a senior at Upper Moreland, we went three and nine, we were not very good. I was a uh, middle linebacker on the team. That probably tells you all you need to know considering I'm not a very uh large guy.
1: If you uh, got your uh cleat situation.
2: Yeah, I, I yeah, I was I was an idiot. I, I wore all of, uh cleats. I came to a game with, with cleats that were meant for like AstroTurf and we had a grass field and I was like slipping all over the place. Not not a great not a great game for Oops. me. Oops. But uh congratulations to Upper Moreland on uh on their victory. Um, and advancing the quarterfinals. Hopefully they can keep it going this weekend. 215-592-9494. 215-592-9494. If you want to get in, um, as we are discussing the Eagles and what needs to change in the second half, aside from Carson Wentz. Dunno, obviously, we know Carson Wentz needs to play better. Like, that is evident and clear to everybody out there that Carson Wentz needs to play significantly better than he has in the first half of the season. Needs to stop turning the ball over. Needs to stop with the careless play. Um, But he is not the only issue. Where else does this team need to improve to play better in the second half? And I'm not even talking from a wins-losses standpoint necessarily because they're going to pad their record, hopefully, in these NFC East games. Um, But you have... You know, kind of a tough schedule when you look at four straight games where you're playing Cleveland, even though I don't think Cleveland's great. I think that's a, certainly a winnable game, um, even though their they're defense playing at a high level. Miles Garrett is Defensive Player of the Year-type candidate this year. Um, but, you know, New Orleans, they obviously look great on Sunday night. Uh, Green Bay, one of the favorites to come out of the NFC right now. Um, Seattle, probably are in my mind, the favorite to get out of the NFC despite not playing well on Sunday afternoon in Buffalo. Um, Another one where I'm kicking myself. I I like the Bills plus three and I didn't take it. Very mad at myself about that one. Um, But, you know, Arizona. The Eagles have some difficult teams to play on the second half of the schedule here. Um, What else needs to be improved for them to just play better football In the second half. So we've been talking about that. And what's your level of confidence that Carson Wentz can turn it around? Uh, I am not that confident. I don't feel great about where he is right now. I don't feel great about the way he's played. Um, And, you know, hopefully he used this bye week to get his head right. And I hope Carson Wentz watched every game he played this year. And I hope he sees what we are seeing. And that it's not acceptable because it's not and it needs to get fixed. 215 592 9494. Let's talk to Mike in South Philly. What's happening, Mike? Yeah, how's it going, Tom? What's going on, man?
3: Yeah, I think, you know, aside from Wentz, I think um, it's the lines. You know, as long as they can win on the line of scrimmage, uh, you know, that's that really what drove them in their Super Bowl season. And uh, as long as they can give Wentz more time to throw, um, you know, I, I, I don't know if he's fixable this season. I mean, obviously, that remains to be seen. But if he is, fixable this season it's going to happen with him having time to throw if he's if he's beaten up and being battered he will never he'll never never settle in yeah and obviously on the defensive side of the ball with their lack of talent in the secondary if their defensive line doesn't get a pass rush then then their their defense is screwed
2: yeah i think i think all those are good points mike and that you're probably right exactly where things need to turn around is it's got to be on the lines and you talk about that offensive line too in regards to um protecting carson they also need to figure out how to get some sort of running game going. And I'm not like, right. I don't, I, I think typically you should throw the ball more than you pass the ball in today's uh, NFL, but the Eagles have not run the ball consistency consistently enough uh, to make it a threat. that defenses have to respect.
3: Yeah. The only game they really did it was against Dallas. Now, I think Miles Sanders' yards per carry is actually really good, but it's kind of misleading because he broke several really big runs. Right, Pittsburgh and Baltimore. He broke two big runs. Right, but beside those big runs, he hasn't been getting getting a lot of yardage on his carries. Uh, and they don't really have a you know like a, a down the hill runner this year. You know they're missing Jordan Howard and you know uh, Boston Scott's kind of a scat back, um, so they don't really have that that kind of guy. Uh so they need an offensive line to open up holes to have a consistent running game. They just haven't had it. But you know what the odd thing is? And I don't think this has been reported anywhere. Do we even know if, if Isaac Sayamalu is supposed to come back this season or not?
2: I don't know. We haven't heard much about him, Mike, and he he's a more important player than people realize. Like Sayamalu, for you know, as much as he was criticized, I guess, in eighteen, he's a pretty good player at this point. And yeah, I don't know. He's still on the IR, but I haven't heard any Updates about him that it's anytime soon. Doug had said a while ago that it was more of a longer term thing, but hopefully he gets back. I I saw a video of <clears throat> Brandon Brooks like doing a box jump. I can't imagine Brandon Brooks, even though he's like superhuman with rehab, that he could come back. But if that were to happen, that would be amazing.
3: Yeah, and, and even if he was on the borderline, they might not want to risk him right. because if he retears it. But I mean, this ties into my next thing. You know, I've been down on this team all year. But despite that, i, I got to say, look, I don't think there's anything the Eagles can do to go on a Super Bowl run this year. That's not going to happen. But when you watch the rest of the NFC play, there's no one team that jumps out at you that says, that's the team that's going to the Super Bowl. Nope. Like Even Seattle, their defense is atrocious. They're almost as bad as Dallas' defense. Almost as bad. And even Green Bay, I mean, maybe Green Bay has the edge, but even they don't wow you. Like, you know, other than that San Fran game, I mean, they lost, a, I don't remember if they lost one or two games going into that, but, you know, they, they played a little mini stretch where they didn't look great either. There's no one dominant team, even the Saints, like, other than tonight, their wins haven't been impressive either. And they all, and you know, the Saints are just a ticking
2: time bomb once playoff time comes around. Yeah,
3: exactly. And Drew Brees can't throw the ball more than 10 yards. So... Here's the thing that benefits the Eagles. As battered as they have been with the injuries, as beat up as they have been, they're lucky in the fact that only a couple of them are season-ending. So they're going to get um, – uh, who the hell is even missing now? Oh, they're going to get Lane back. They're going to get Sanders back. I don't even know if they're going to – Alshon Jeffries obviously going to come back, but I don't think they're going to play him. Um, even Deshaun, he might make it back right at the end there, the last couple weeks of the season. Uh, so they're going to get some guys back. And then when that happens, now that puts all the onus on Carson Wentz because the Carson Wentz defenders have said, well, he doesn't have the weapons, he doesn't have the line, he doesn't have the running backs. Well, once these guys come back healthy, if Carson Wentz still can't step it up, then there's nobody to blame but Carson. Nobody.
2: No, no, I agree, Mike. And the, the, I, I'm totally with you that, I, you know, at times, they, yeah, they've been beat up this year, but I don't think the skill spots – have been a huge problem. And certainly now, once they're healthy, they actually have, uh, I would say, probably the best, uh, you know, um, complement of skill position players around Carson maybe in his entire career. I mean, it it, it you can argue that the skill guys they'll have around him, if they all get healthy, are better than what he had in 2016,
3: 2017. And oddly enough, it's all because of Travis Fogel. Yeah. Like, if yeah. he wasn't here, you wouldn't be saying that. Yeah. He, he's, he's on pace to be one of the leading receivers in all of football. How insane is that?
2: Right. And, you know, when you get those guys back, think you can have Fulgham, Rager. Um, you know, you have Goddard, then you get Ertz back. Then all of a sudden, you have those two tight ends. And right. Sanders, I mean, the weapons are uh, not really a huge issue. And I don't know what the deal was with Alshon, but... If they, I, I do think if he is healthy, I do think they'll try to get him on the field a little bit. In the then red maybe zone you, packages. right, and yeah. then and maybe you use Rager out of the slot a little bit because hey, we we know we like Greg Ward, but we also know what Greg Ward is, and all of a sudden this is looking like an offense that that has some has some punch to it.
3: Yeah, but with that said. They have to prove it because right now, look, I was never on board like this division's a lock. I still don't think it is unless Carson Wentz plays better. Nothing's a lock this division. Nothing. If he plays terrible against the Giants, they could lose to the Giants. They absolutely could. They almost lost from this past time. Yeah, Mike, do you agree now? I
2: mean, I I feel like it changes by the week for me. But I thought it was Washington, but now I I think the Giants are the biggest threat to the Eagles in the division.
3: Yeah, I mean, especially not that Kyle Allen was anything great, but I don't know how much Alex Smith has left. And yes, by the true. way, every time he takes a hit, I cringe. Because yeah. I know. I saw that picture of his leg it was I was vomited. Um, but what's with Washington? By the way, every every quarterback they get snaps their leg in half. I don't know. Like I don't get. I know
2: that Rivera and that regime didn't draft Dwayne Haskins, but there is literally no reason to play Alex Smith over Dwayne Haskins.
3: No. Yeah, I agree. So. Now. There's something that happened in Philadelphia sports in the last 24 to 48 hours that could directly affect one of our Philadelphia teams. You know where I'm getting at?
2: Oh, I know exactly where you're going, yeah. Steve. Or so, Mike. 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 Steve, we had uh, our,
3: our, our esteemed baseball owner, John Middleton, said that, <laughs> you know, that, whether or not they sign JT or sign DD or do anything in free agency, it all has to relate back to COVID, right? All back to COVID. Remember, uh, do, do you know when we're going to open up the ballparks? Do, do you know when the, uh, the, the numbers are going to come down? Because that's going to affect everything we do. Ironically, and maybe with an odd twist of fate, we'll see what happens, the mass gatherings of celebration in Philadelphia over the last 24 to 48 hours, if they cause a COVID spike in Philadelphia, that could directly impact John Middleton's willingness or rather unwillingness to spend in free agency. Wouldn't that be some, wouldn't that be funny if that's what it came down to? Like, and the thing I wonder too is, would John Middleton blame Philadelphia if that happened? Would he say, I didn't tell you guys, I didn't tell you guys to go out and celebrate. I mean, you know, if you wanted me to sign JT, you should have stayed indoors. Would he have the gall to do something like
2: that? I don't think that's going to have any impact. I I think Middleton's more worried. I don't think Middleton is worried about what's happening now. He's worried about what things are going to look like in April. Like, Middleton's not worried about what a spike would look like right now. He's worried about whether a spike's going to happen in the spring. I don't think he gives a damn about anybody right now.
3: Well, but, you know, but it is it is funny, too, right? Like, uh, he'll probably say, well, you know, numbers are starting to spike in Philly. Man, we, we, we can't fly in any, any uh, general managing candidates. It's too dangerous right now. Forget, I mean,
2: he'll <laughs> try to, to wait
3: until 2021. Yeah,
2: I mean, uh, and I appreciate it, Mike. Yeah, Thanks. He'll appreciate it. He'll, uh, you know, try to justify that anyway. I mean, let, let's face it, John Middleton doesn't want to do anything. He said it. He doesn't want to do anything. Did uh, Mike, do you know? Do you know when we're going to have fans in the in the stands I'm trying to do a Middleton impersonation. Maybe <laughs> Conklin could work on that and do a, learn how to do a middle. You just got to have like a whiny kind of you know a whiny Philly accent and then you can hit the Middleton notes. Um yeah, I mean I, I forgot what I was going to say. I I thought Mike was going a different direction with Middleton though. I what I thought was interesting is, and, and you know, uh, we'll, we'll actually get to it. Um, we'll actually just get to it. now. But what happened with Steve Cohen, the Mets owner, where he comes in and he immediately blows everybody out. He immediately blows everybody out of the Mets front office. Where, um, you know, John Middleton said weeks ago, uh in regards to hiring a GM when he was asked about what was the timetable to hire a new general manager and you know how could you potentially change your front office uh remember John Middleton's response to that remember when he was asked about uh hiring a new GM in this kind of um world we live in right now here's John Middleton Well, you know what the Mets owner did? He just bought the t- literally just bought the team. Steve Cohen. First thing he did, fires the entire front office. Brody Van Wagenen, which is a great name, by the way, just a, an elite, uh, you know, baseball front office guy name. It's kind of unfortunate that he, that he's not involved anymore. Um, I guess what does he do now? Does he go back to being an agent? Because he was an agent before this, right? Um. So he gets fired, and Steve Cohen just comes in, blows everybody out. So it must not he must not have the same concerns about COVID and not being able to hire people. You know, it, so in the end, it really doesn't come down to that at all. It just comes down to you don't care. You don't want to fire your boys Klintak and McPhail. I mean, McPhail, he won a championship 29 years ago, okay? Like, I, I get Middleton's frustration, man. It's got to be frustrating when people are, are just – nagging you about why are you not getting rid of these guys and Middleton's got to be like what are they, why do they not see what I see he's got two championships like you know uh, Megan Montemira don't you understand that Andy McPhail that he only has two he has two championships guys in the Hall of Fame have two championships so of course we're going to keep Andy McPhail here um it's it, and obviously that's fish being facetious. Uh, John Middleton sounds like a fool and uh, you know this this Steve Cohen dynamic with the Mets is not gonna be good already because this guy wants to win he obviously shows it uh blowing out the entire front office and he's gonna hire a real GM probably hire Theo which that'll just be great then the Mets will have Theo oh that's Theo's new project is end the Mets curse yeah why not I mean Theo's available right now right
1: no, he works for the Cubs. Right,
2: but he's been like there have been rumors that that situation might be coming to an end. Yeah,
1: he's hinted at stepping away possibly from baseball as a whole. Yeah.
2: Hmm. Well, I think that we could be seeing a Darryl Mori type situation with Theo and the Mets. That's mm-hmm. what I think. Uh, but
1: well, I mean, the Mets. Good luck replacing those guys. No one's gonna want. You know, who's gonna want to? <laughs> right. They're not gonna fill those jobs. So
2: now you've had Middleton after saying that the team across the street has done it and gotten a whole new front office and your biggest rival has now done it and will probably hire uh you know somebody good if it's not Theo they'll hire somebody reputable um while John Middleton is still crying poor and crying that he can't do anything about a pandemic it's it's just oh my goodness it is not a good state of affairs uh for Phillies fans and uh the future of that team in this city is pretty, pretty ominous, if you ask me. 215 592 9494. 215 592 9494. We talked a little bit about the skill guys and Mike there. We'll do that a little bit when we return. And um, we'll, we'll do a little college football recap for you. We got the uh, week nine NFL recap coming up at 4 o'clock. We'll do a little college football recap as well. Um, go through what happened in the college slate on Saturday. I'm Tom Kelly, in for Big Daddy Graham, Sports Radio 94 WIP. Sports Radio 94 WIP, I'm Tom Kelly, in for Big Daddy Graham on a Monday morning if you want to join the show. Uh, Open lines right now, 215 592 nine four nine four we have our nfl recap coming up at four o'clock week nine recap um real quick though we'll go through some of the college games um from saturday uh as it was a pretty good weekend of college football pretty entertaining um with a few games of note i guess we'll start with the games on friday now we talked about this one friday morning mike ninth ranked byu beats up on boise state 51 17 BYU's really good. They you think they're going to make a run at the playoff here? Do you think they could be in consideration when all this is is closing out at the end of the year? Yeah, they could certainly be in the mix. I don't they need to are do they, a lot. How many
1: games are they going to get in? I don't I don't know the details of their schedule.
2: Right. I mean, they're going to need to you know, obviously go undefeated and need a lot to happen in front of them. Um but they have a really good offense. I I couldn't I could barely watch that game. I can't watch games for too long on that freaking blue turf. It just, it messes with your eyes. Doesn't it? Am I the only one who feels this way? Am I soft? Uh, <laughs> Am I soft with my uh, my eyesight?
1: I've never had a problem watching.
2: The blue field gives me issues. Okay. It does. Uh, then the other game, Miami beat NC State 44-41. Miami stinks. They're number 11 in the country. They're ne- they're always overrated. They've, they barely won that game. Quarterback's pretty good, though. That kid King.
1: Not yeah, bad. he had a great uh, how do you play at the end to, to go down. Yeah, I missed the end of the
2: game. I was I, I was hooked on the election coverage, so I missed the end of that one. Um, but uh, get to Saturday. Uh, the big game, Clemson-Notre Dame. Notre Dame wins 47-40 uh, in an absolute uh, shootout there. No Trevor Lawrence. What was – I don't understand something, Mike. Maybe you can uh, explain it to me here. How is Trevor Lawrence not allowed to play, but he's on the sideline for the game? <laughs> Doesn't that seem to defeat the purpose? He was on the COVID. He, well, he had had COVID. I guess he was negative now. Right. But if he's
1: allowed to be on the sidelines, why can't he just play in the game? I wondered the same thing. Um, so I'm glad you brought it up. The other thing, too, is you just, in general, the kind of climate we're in, if you can decrease your traveling party, right. do that. Like, yeah. You know, like... I saw the same thing. I've looked, because I'm
2: like, is that Trevor Lawrence on the sideline in a mask? I'm like, why is he there? Shouldn't he, you know, if he's there, he should be playing. I don't know. I guess it's protocols.
1: I thought the same thing.
2: But uh, Clemson loses. Clemson, I mean, they won't hold that against Clemson. If Clemson wins the rest of their games, they're still going to get in the playoff. Um, So I don't think they should worry that much. Um, Ohio State beat up on Rutgers 49-27. Not much to add there. Um Florida beat Georgia 44-28. Florida number 8, Georgia number 5. So I uh, that probably crushes Georgia's hopes uh to make the playoff this year. Um well they lost to Alabama and now Florida. So I guess they could still get in if they win the rest of their games. Um but that kid from Florida is not bad. Trask, the quarterback.
1: No yeah, um Florida was really ex- they're a pretty explosive team.
2: Yeah. They're good. Um Cincinnati beat Houston 38 to 10. Uh, Cincinnati's number six they'll be moving Cincinnati's in that kind of BYU range where they might not have the strength of schedule to get in the playoff but they're not a bad team uh, so that'll be interesting to watch uh, Texas Am crushed South Carolina 48 to three I didn't see much of that game Oregon beat up on Stanford 35-14 they're really the only reason we're doing this segment though is to get to the big 10 Mike do you want to address your uh, misses as Indiana? beat up on Michigan 38-21. You loved the Wolverines in this game.
1: I I did. I really did like the Wolverines. I I was uh, feeling a bounce back. Um really I don't know who was doing game play by play wise. I don't think it was Gus Johnson, but whoever it was on Fox, said there were so many Michigan fans throwing their TV remotes everywhere and it was like one of those types of games where stupid penalties. They went they went offsides like 7 times. Like I'm not, like a neutral zone infraction. Like it was at least 5 times. Um, Michigan did, and then you know drop passes. Uh, yeah, they they ended up getting outclassed by that Indiana team.
2: So this I I gotta call you out here, Mike. This is kind of fraudulent what you yeah, did wrong. to the uh, to the to the listeners here
1: because yeah, you mean, gave out the fraudulent. game. I kick the pick.
2: You gave out the game, but you didn't take the
1: take the play. You didn't play it. Well, you can't do that. I had the benefit of watching uh, game day. What's game day? College game day?
2: Oh, oh, okay, and they they. Pushed you off it? You wise up. Well, what's about your other pick? Michigan State, you lost on that one, too. That one was even And worse. you didn't play that one. <laughs> that one they got crushed worse.
1: by Iowa. <laughs> they did, yeah. I think I was quoted on your show saying, I don't know why Iowa's favored by a touchdown.
2: Yeah, you, you did say that. <laughs> uh, the rest of the game, I don't know. Pe- Temple got blown out by SME. Temple stinks this year. Uh, they, uh, they they got to fire that coach. They got to bring a new coach in. That, that's a problem there. And what it's just beautiful what's happened in Penn State. They lose again. They're Owen three. To his brother. Yeah. I don't I mean, that kid is good. Um, the Big Ten is like turned upside down this year. Are we gonna have like a Big Ten title game of Indiana and, and Maryland? Um I guess Ohio State'll be in there. Yeah. But yeah, so a pretty good weekend of college football. You said you, you crushed it, Mike, on the your your gambling place? Other than the Sunday, ones you didn't Sunday. play?
1: Oh it's Sunday. Yeah, uh, Rob Ellison and I do a a Facebook gambling show every Sunday. Really? So Thanks for tuning in. Oh, I didn't know that. That's, that's cool. Well, it's a week. We're coming up on week 10, and I, I guess I'm doing a bad job of pushing this thing. I, I mean, I didn't, I didn't know. even know. Yeah, I, uh,
2: yeah promote, promote away all you want. Yeah. Um, so that, that's, that, that's good stuff. What um, do you think of
1: this? So each week, um, I give Rob a future play of the week. So I, I, I did a future pick this week of um, Matt Ryan to lead the NFL in passing yards, plus 350. For the whole season? For the whole season. What do you like my odds on that? Um, I figure they can give him a nice little send-off.
2: Could be his last year. I wouldn't dig it. I I, I, I think Russell Wilson's going to end up.
1: Well, I thought it, it, when he gets into the competitive December games, they'll probably, you know, maybe he'll, his numbers will tail off.
2: I don't know. Maybe. I've, well, I'm rooting I'm rootin for you. I'll, I'll say that. I'm rooting for you. Um, that must not have helped you on Sunday, though, because they, they got up. you got to hope Atlanta's down in a lot of games.
1: Uh, I th- felt like he had a pretty good game. I didn't dive into the numbers.
2: Okay. All right. Well, we'll see. We'll, well, well. I wish you luck on that. I, I've been, I've been just chickening out on my plays lately. I, I, I cashed out of the Steelers-Dallas game, which is just so cowardly. But you know, you get to a point where you just, I'm like, if I lose my parlay on the Steelers losing the Cowboys, I'm just gonna be really irritated. And Ben was grabbing his knee. I mean, I should know better with yeah, Ben he that he's gonna up. be fine. He's always going to keep playing normally. Like
1: he did miss 14 games last He year.
2: did. So I'm like, at that moment, that game had a weird feel to it. I'm like, all right, I'm just getting I'm getting out. I'll take my modest victory and move on. But uh, we'll get to the rest and the we'll get to the NFL slate and the week nine recap uh coming up at the top of the hour here. 592 two one five five nine two nine four nine four if you want to get in. Two one five five nine two nine four nine four. We've got open lines right now. Um if you would like to join. Uh, But talking about different aspects of the Eagles team, and in a little bit, I do need to get to um, uh, number 5, talking about Carson Wentz. Uh, We'll get to that in a little bit here. uh, Donovan here. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) Um, But Donovan had some, uh, so I love the Donovan one where he joined the afternoon show. And he, he was, you know, was a little loopy. Like, good morning, <laughs> yeah. or I mean, good afternoon. You, you lost track of when. Uh... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but good we'll get, morning. To you say go.
0: Good afternoon. How are you guys doing? I
2: love that one. That one's great. Uh, so we'll get to Donovan and his comments um, a, a little later on. But talk about the Eagles: what they need to do in the second half of the season, aside from Carson Wentz. We all know Carson Wentz needs to play better. Um, and uh, what else does this team? need to do what do they need to turn around to get to the level where we expect them to play at and Mike itself, Philly brought it up in the last segment that does anybody think this is a championship caliber team no no um but you look at the NFC right now and it really is wide open like there is no clear-cut favorite um and it, it it's weird with the NFC it, it always kind of seems this way and the AFC, you always know, the AFC always has like two, three teams, and you know it's going to come down to them, and that's where we are this year, where it's going to be either Kansas City or Pittsburgh or maybe Baltimore, probably Kansas City, is going to end up going to the Super Bowl. But in the NFC, you know, you look at it, every team, every team that is a top contender, you have questions about. Seattle, yeah, Russell Wilson is playing on an otherworldly level. Their defense is terrible. They gave up 40-plus points to Buffalo on Sunday afternoon. That defense can't defend the pass at all. They, they, I mean, they, they, they stink. This is not the Legion of Boom anymore. Seattle needs to win every game in a shootout. They score under 30 points. They're going to lose pretty much every time out. Um, you look at a team like Arizona. Yeah, they're, 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 they're young and they're exciting, but... Again, they're really, really young, and they don't have that level of experience. Kyler Murray, in his first real playoff experience, is he going to be able to take a team deep? Who knows? Um, You look at New Orleans. Yeah, they look good Sunday night, but their offense hasn't looked right this year. Drew Brees hasn't looked great this season. And you know when they get to the playoffs, it is just a matter of time before they implode. happens every year. Tampa Bay, they obviously still have questions. They got smoked on Sunday night. Green Bay, they they, they are, are nothing special. Aaron Rodgers is great, but that defense is average at best. They don't have great weapons aside from Jones and Adams. And they're a team that has year in, year out underperformed in the playoffs. So as bad as it's been, this is a conference that is wide open right now. And the Eagles have an opportunity uh, to potentially uh, make a run. And, you know, we talked about the skill position, guys. And who the Eagles are getting back now. And their skill position players are not going to be bad in the second half of the season. So we use that excuse a lot. We have used that excuse um, plenty in the past. That should not happen anymore. Because the level of talent that Carson Wentz is going to have in the second half of the season is not going to be subpar. You're going to have Fulgham. You're going to have Rager. You're going to have Miles Sanders, Goddard, Ertz. You know, if Alshon Jeffrey comes back, I don't know what he's going to give you, but he is theoretically an upgrade over some of of the guys that you have. You compare that to other teams in the NFC, that's not a bad core of skill position players. It's not. And now that they're getting healthy, that is no longer going to be an excuse. So when I see people, you know, lamenting on Sunday afternoon when Nelson Aguilar makes a touchdown catch, oh, the Eagles should have kept Nelson Aguilar. No. I mean, their skill position guys are fine. Their skill position guys are not an issue. And, you know, we're talking about grades so far this this season. I think considering what they've had, and the youth that they've had out there, I don't think they've been awful to this point this year. And now the healthier you get, the more guys get back. That is not going to be a problem for this team anymore, and it's not something we should continue to say. It's just not true. 215-592-9494, 215-592-9494. If you want to get in, I'm Tom Kelly, in for Big Daddy Graham, Sports Radio 94 WYP. Sports Radio ninety four WIP. I'm Tom Kelly. In for Big Daddy Graham, uh, talking about the Eagles. I told, I heard Ricky talking about the Unioner. They win some sort of title or something. I just saw something on the TV. Are they still? I didn't even know they're still playing right now. I, I, when is the soccer season? Do you know when it when it lasts from
1: till? I asked you this three hours ago, and you're kind of useless.
2: Well, it's it's a radio bit, Mike. Thanks for playing along with the with the
1: bit. Yeah, I see that. Off. I don't know if this is COVID related. they the playing in November, or they just did this anyway during football season. Yeah, I
2: don't know. They won something called the Supporters Shield or something. Uh, so I guess congratulations to the Union. I did mention Upper Moreland football before I mentioned the Union. So uh,
1: yeah, uh, Oil that
2: might have been a little disrespectful.
1: Oil City is about five and a half hours away. It is. Yeah, it's towards Erie. Well,
2: I hope. I hope they're getting like a a plane out there or something. I doubt it. I doubt that's in the budget. Um, but maybe you
1: can make a contribution as an alumni.
2: Well, I think the future first lady should probably make a contribution. She, I mean, she's a she's an alumni, and you know, she's probably got the wherewithal to make that happen. I don't know. Not trying to get political, but you know, why not? I I don't think
1: saying someone's well. Yeah,
2: I know. I know. You got to be very careful these days. (laughs) Anything you say can be construed as a political statement. So yeah, no, but but. Dr. Jill uh, was an Upper Moreland alumna alumnus. So maybe she can pull some strings and get them get them a little PJ out there or something. Uh, to to go to their game in a city. Uh 215-592-9494, if you want to get in, 215-592-9494. Uh, talk about the Eagles and what needs to happen in the second half here. Um, because they're getting healthier. You know, as bad as it's been. The division is not just winnable. The division, it would be a disgrace if the Eagles don't win it. And now I'm back to thinking the Giants are the biggest threat. I thought it was Dallas. Then I thought it was Washington. Now Kyle Allen's out. It looks like the Giants are going to be the biggest threat. I like if, the Giants, by the way. Well, that scared me that time. And if the Eagles beat the Giants on Sunday, this division is pretty much... The Eagles would be at 4-4-1 four, four, and, and have like a, a super commanding lead. So, I mean, that part of it should not be that concerning. And you look at the rest of the NFC. If you can get in, there is no overwhelming team. None. No, no, no team in this conference. Do you look at, and you say, they're a juggernaut. They're going to be difficult to beat uh, no matter what in the playoffs. You know, Kansas City, in the AFC, if Patrick Mahomes doesn't get hurt, Kansas City's more than likely going to the Super Bowl. Nobody in the NFC do I feel that way about. Maybe Seattle, but their defense is terrible. All of these teams are beatable if the Eagles can figure things out and get things going in the right direction. Obviously, Carson needs to play better. We all know that, but it's not the only issue. Defense needs to uh, bounce back from what's been a disappointing first half of the season, especially up front. The secondary um, needs to play better. You know, the linebackers have been an issue, obviously. Uh, But you get Edwards in there, and he seems to have solved some problems. Uh, But as the Eagles get healthier, you start to see a pathway to potentially making some sort of substantial run. And we talked about the skill spots. Skill spots are good now. They're not just average. They are above-average skill position players. Miles Sanders is an above-average running back. Rager... Fulgham, um, Goddard, Ertz. When you get him back, which shouldn't be that long, you are going to have weapons throw the football to. So that shouldn't be used as an excuse anymore. Carson Wentz will have the weapons all available to him to make this offense look a lot better in the second half. Two one five five nine two nine four nine four. We'll talk about the offensive line um, in a couple minutes here because. Uh, one guy is not getting talked about enough for the season that he's having right now. Uh, but first, let's go to Anthony in West Philly. What's up, Anthony? Hey, hey, how you doing, Tom? Good, what's up, man?
1: Hey, you know, I turn on the radio, you know, because I like to listen to the show as I drive into work. Thanks. And then all of a sudden, I'm listening to you, and, and, and I said to myself, what is he smoking?
2: Nothing he right Nothing right now, Anthony.
1: In the NFC?
2: Well, what, what, who, who do you think is so imposing? For them right now. Who do you think's unbeatable in the NFC? They are having a hard time. You can't. You cannot look at this team realistically and say that they make it to the playoffs, they're going to beat somebody. Realistically. The way they've played so far? No, you can't say that. I mean, you wouldn't think that at this point. But we've seen teams who haven't been that good go on runs. Especially, and especially this year. Uh, Anthony, do you see... Who do you think in the NFC? The Eagles under no circumstances could beat. Like, if Carson Wentz starts playing at the level we expect him to play at, if they get reasonably healthy, you don't think they could beat a New Orleans or a Seattle under any circumstances? Under no circumstances, because this quarterback has proven that he's a turnover machine. I don't disagree with that. And I don't have a great amount of confidence in him right now either, but he has shown the ability— to not turn the ball over in the past. He's shown the ability to play well at the end of the season. And I'm not ready to totally give up faith yet that there's no way he can find that.
0: He's on the average of, of turning the ball over at least 32 times in this season.
2: 32. I get it, Anthony. Uh, trust me, I've gone through the numbers and I think he's stunk this year. But uh,
0: And if you put him in a crucial game, what's to say he's not going to turn
2: the ball over when you need him to score? Yeah, no, he's he's got to protect the ball. I'm not gonna. You're not gonna get any argument from me there, Anthony. I'm not. I'm not gonna defend Carson Wentz's play so far this season. He's been awful. Um, but I, I'm not ready to say that there's no way he he can not play better this year. He could probably play better, but until he can actually show me that he's a better man being under center, I have no confidence in this team. No, I hear you, and I get it, and I appreciate the call, and. I think Anthony speaks for a lot of people, and honestly, that's the way I was feeling last week too. And uh, you know, maybe it's just a, a week of not seeing the Eagles and Carson Wentz play that you know I, I try to and maybe have my faith renewed a little bit. Um, and I, I guess it's more hopeful than anything else. But hey, this is going to be this is going to be make or break for Carson Wentz, whether you are somebody who doesn't believe in him and you don't think he's any good. Uh, and he has been reckless. Or you're somebody, because there are a large, a large group of the fan base in this town that makes excuses for him constantly. And he never does anything wrong. It's always somebody else's fault. It's always Doug or the receivers or the offensive line. Well, we'll see now. Because they're going to be healthy, um, at least to come out of this break. And if they remain healthy at the skill spots, at least that part of the argument, the Carson's got nobody to throw to crowd. I don't want to hear a damn thing the second half of the season. He's going to have plenty of options. He's going to have plenty of of weapons to get the ball to. Folgum is not anymore just a good story. Travis Folgum is a legitimate top flight receiver in this league right now. He has the most receiving yards in the league since week four. Jalen Rager is a first-round pick for a reason. And when he's been on the field, he has shown the ability to be a playmaker. Goddard, you know, is back now. He's one of the top tight ends in the top ten tight ends in the league. So is Zach Ertz, even though he's not as good as he used to be. Miles Sanders is an above average weapon out of the backfield. So I don't want to hear this about Carson not having any weapons anymore. He's going to have the weapons. It's now incumbent on him to do his job better and get rid of the football and, you know, protect the football and put his team in good enough situations where he's not hurting the team. And, you know, uh, you got to look at the coaching staff as well. I mean, I, I mentioned it earlier where we talk a lot about Doug and we look back at Frank Reich and John D Filippo and them not being here anymore I'd look at who is here and you know why do we not criticize Press Taylor more a guy who has the more he impact he's had over this this offensive staff the worse the offense gotten he took over as quarterback coach in 2018 Carson Wentz has regressed under Press Taylor so you know, I look at him as an issue. The coaching staff needs to do a better job of putting Carson Wentz in the right situations and communicating to him what they want him to do and getting the, the you know, stressing the fact that he must get rid of the football, stressing the fact that he can't turn the ball over and while maintaining that aggressiveness. Uh so, you know, these are all things the Eagles need to do in the second half of the year and um the offensive line needs to play better as well. I actually think they've been Better than people have expected this first half of the year with all of the injuries they've had, with Jason Peters being out, with Lane Johnson being in and out of the lineup, you lose Sayamalu, no Brandon Brooks. I actually think the guys who have come off the bench have done a decent enough job, but they need to find a way to establish some sort of a running game. And, uh, you know, they they need to find a way to have uh, another threat offensively other than just dropping Carson back and and having him sit in the pocket uh, forever. They need to find a way to run the ball more effectively in the second half. And when you look at that offensive line, um, I don't think it can be overstated at all the kind of year Jason Kelsey has had. Where, think about the spot Jason Kelsey's been in. With Nate Herbig and Matt Pryor and... All these other guys who have very little experience, uh, Jack Driscoll, guys being to the side of of Jason Kelsey from week to week, he doesn't know who he's playing with. And he, he's found a way to keep that unit together. Um, and, you know, Jason Kelsey is having an absolutely tremendous year. And I don't think it gets highlighted enough how great he's been the first half of this season. And uh, the Eagles are going to need to, him to continue to keep that thing together um, for them to have the success that they hope to have in the second half. 215-592-9494. 215-592-9494 if you want to get in. When we get back, uh, Mike Angelina and I will do our NFL Week 9 recap. We'll go through all the games this weekend, talk about some of the more interesting storylines, and uh, fill you in on everything that went down if you missed any of the games. So we'll do that next. I'm Tom Kelly, in for Big Daddy Graham, Sports Radio 94 WYP.